If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Today's guest is a regular, Carlos Taberneberry, and if you need to know a little bit, if you haven't heard about Carlos, you can certainly go and find out a bit more about him at horsechats.com slash Carlos Taberneberry or just go to horsechats.com and search for Carlos. Now, how are you today, Carlos? Very good, goodness. Thanks for having me back. Oh, that's okay. Look, love to have you back. You've always got lots of good lessons for us. Now, today we're going to talk about 10 tips towards good horsemanship. Is that right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, Carlos, I know that, you know, you're out doing workshops and clinics all the time and you're always teaching. So, you know, I'm just thinking these tips towards good horsemanships, they're ones that you would have taught within your clinics. We've got the first one here, um, infinite patience, immediate results. Just explain that a little bit because it's a bit of a play on words. But, yeah, explain it a bit more. You know, I always said, Glennis, if... um if there was ever a secret to horse training, you know, which is not such thing, I always tell people at clinics and lessons, you know, that infinite patience will give you immediate results, you know, so that there is no secret. But what it means is it teaches to take as long as it takes mm-hmm. and to work with a horse and to work with yourself and also to have a great amount of feel for the horse's needs at a given time. You know, you have to sort of consider the individuality of a horse. So it's not the horse, you might have worked with a horse in the past that picks up things really quick, you know, or he, he might sort of, or she might understand you really quickly. But there are other horses, you know, I get horses that are training all the time. I've got one here that I just started, which is a little bit, it's slower to understand things, you know, yep. so it takes a little bit more time. Um, and I think if I didn't have the patience to do that, I wouldn't have the results that I'm looking for for the owner later on. So okay. the infinite patience, um, Immediate result means that, you know, you don't, you have to have a goal. You don't get focused on the result. You just have the patience to, to, to work with our horse, like I said, with good feel and timing for the horse and also to make sure that you don't push the horse through lack of impatience sort of beyond the horse's abilities, which happens quite often as well. Mm-hmm. I think that impatience just sort of goes on to the next one about being quick to respond but slow to get angry. So, you know, get angry or lose patience. But talk a little bit yeah. about this one, about being quick to respond, slow to get angry. Yeah, which is which is it, it, it's hard. You know, we sort of, uh, as you know, we are predators by nature, but still, you know, sort of um, we're we quite quick to get angry, you know, or, you know, in general. I'm not saying everyone does, you know, we shouldn't, I, I I, I try not to, of course, ever, you know, just when I work with a horse. So um, just be quick to respond. So it, that is that timing that I discussed earlier where if a horse gives you a good response or if it gives you the hint of what you're looking for, that you're, you're quick to respond, you have a good timing, you might pause and let the horse digest what you're asking. Mm-hmm. Um, usually when the horse doesn't do, when people want to do or we people trying to put across to the horse, they might take that that the horse is trying to sort of 
you know, be disobedient, but sometimes it is their horse's lack of understanding or interpreting what we do. So I say that when, when people's feelings get hurt, without the intention of a horse, you know, um, is when someone might get angry rather than be responsive to the good things that the horse is doing. So okay. the horse isn't playing to make you upset or, you know, I guess we just allow it if that happens. If you get upset working with the horse, it's because you have allowed it, not because the horse has made you angry kind of thing. So, mm, mm, uh, mm. And that's what I talk about. Be quick to respond, as in, you know, good timing when your horse does or gives you a hint of what you, what you just asked him. Uh, reward that. And if the horse doesn't do you know, what you ask him to do, just explain it again, and but don't get angry because it's, he's not, the horse is not there to make you mad. I mean, they can drive you insane, I guess, sometimes, but you don't, you do, they're not there to challenge you to make you angry, sort of, we are allowed to get angry, and that's where I say, you know, be quick to respond and slow to get angry. Ideally, don't get angry at all. You shouldn't get angry at all. I don't, but if you want to get a bit angry, just count, pause, breathe, and, you know, and sort of start all over again, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. And we're talking here about short-term goals and the horse's long-term needs. And I know this is a bit of a problem, you know, when you're teaching competitive riders and they say, well, we've got a competition this weekend, but I'm sure you've got a bit better explanation there about don't put your short-term goals over your horse's long-term needs. Yeah, so well, I mean, like you mentioned, you know, I get to, I'm fortunate enough to work with a variety of people just from pleasure riders, competitors, and so on. And I think they they all come here with a good understanding, you know, sort of how, how you're operating and how the horse operates. So I, the first thing I tell them, you know, the, the word horsemanship, you know, it's horses first, in horse woman, horse becomes before the woman, and in horseman becomes, you know, before the man. And in Spanish, actually, if I was to say it in Spanish, is, is the translation of horsemen is actually men of the horse, you know, and which mm-hmm. is a caballero. And and what that means is that you are men of the horse, not the horse is not working for you, you work for the horse and then you have that relationship with the horse that makes things get gets to your goals. So the short term goal is when, you know, we have a dream and that's and that's great. I think everyone should have a dream, doesn't matter how big or small, but do not put that short-term idea or goal above the horse's learning ability and once again on the horse's long-term needs which will be that you know you take him slow and you will get there a lot faster you know that way so that's what I mean by don't get just caught up on your short-term goals yep. um, neglecting or without you know sometimes without knowing that you're going to jeopardize your horse's long-term needs so you mm-hmm. can push your horse as you know I mean there are horses that are competing you know, I won Olympics, for example, and then you you will not see them the following Olympics. You know, it's rare to see a horse in competition go from, you know, four years later, you might not even see that horse. And mm-hmm. that's a horse that is top level, top, top level representing a country uh, in a variety of disciplines. And and I think that sometimes, you know, they might have four or five horses in the making and then they push, push, push. One will make it through, three will not make it through. Um, but the long-term needs of that horse would not, you know, be taken care of. And then, like I said, if it's just a short-term goal, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Now, I like the way that you talk and you say something like, when knowledge ends, force begins. And I think that explains a lot, just that sentence in itself. But can you talk to us a bit more about that? When knowledge sure. ends, force begins? Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm sort of 
pretty big on that and you know sort of that's why when I'm saying I'm offering tips like I'm doing now I try to put it in in a bit of that order because it all kind of goes with each other so mm. when I say knowledge ends force begins I think it's because at the end of the day when you're working with a horse what comes out of you is what you got inside I mean you know so um, you know so you either have the knowledge to help the horse out or uh, or you have the the force which is it doesn't help the horse or you once again long term so the when now the change force begins this means when when you run out of tools or you know the, the knowledge I call it that knowledge that you have is your tools to work with horses um, and then people just once again you know they quite quick to get angry yep. instead of yep. quick to respond um, infinite patience is not there anymore. You know, the short-term goals are kind of, that's all your idea. And then uh, the horses' long-term needs are not taken care of. And like you said, you can see how that ties in into yes. when we run out of knowledge, you end up using force. So I say before you use force, just increase your knowledge, how horses um, get to know the horse. Well, you know, knowledge is something that you can pick up, like I said, from reading and stuff. But get to know the horse. Knowing the horse and knowledge of the horse are two different things, I believe. And mm-hmm. knowing the horse is really in-depth knowing how horses operate versus horses must do A, B, C, and D when I put my leg or my, use my rein aid or you know, yeah. so on. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry... If you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book imagine maybe one day you could be a guest on horse chats you talk to us about the tools so talk to us about tools and experience you know what's the best and and why you'd use maybe yeah. experience rather than tools yeah so when i say tools on how the horse i said the, you know, I did one thing that i sort of just mentioned where the best tool you have is your knowledge okay good, you know good. the best yeah. tool you best tool you have is knowing that horse. So when I say tools don't help the horse, I mean tools that are physical tools. For example, we can use artificial lighting training that it might help you complement the movement or, or help the horse understand something. But the, I find that is a gimmick for everything. There's a, there seems to be a quick fix and that's, that doesn't replace your that experience or the knowledge, which is the tools that we want. The tools, when I said to my students, I want you to have tools, I mean, knowledge. I don't want him to have more whips or more sticks or more different beats, you know, 24 beats and different words, you know, yep. Yep. Or whatever. So what I mean is got the experience, get that knowledge, and you will replace, like I said, the gadgets and the gimmicks. You know, we, we see it in, once again in all disciplines, even on a normal person trial running, but sometimes it's, you know, if I always push their head up, instead of having the, the 
tools, the knowledge to help that horse work with that. It might have a tie down or might have troll reins or it could be something that is, is a quick fix but doesn't really fix the problem, if, if that makes sense. Okay, okay. I like the way that you said the best tool you have is your knowledge. I think that's a great way to explain that. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I know within your training you talk about going slow to go fast. Can you yeah. just broaden that a bit more? Yeah, this is, this is a twofold thing because I, you must go at the speed of the horse, which I, and I'm not meaning, you know, trot, canter, gallop. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the not, you know, how much a horse is understanding. Yep. Uh, consider the individuality of that horse, but also consider your own individuality when you're learning. So, you know, don't let anyone push you to then to push the horse, which I see quite often when people say come for retraining or relearning themselves where they themselves being pushed a bit too quick. You know, I'm to, just to give an example, as someone uh, became a different as a result that um, she was still pretty unbalanced, sort of working on her trot, and she was going to a riding school. And then she said, in order for me to keep on coming, not to lose me from coming, they asked me to canter this horse. And, you know, she actually lost the balance. The horse got a fright, apparently, and she got backed off and got hurt. So then she came here as a result of that, just to build her confidence up and start all over again. So that's where you got to go slow to get there fast. So mm-hmm. she actually went fast and got really slow as a result, you know. Yes, but yes. So make sure you don't push the horse beyond the limit, in the limit of that horse. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, don't push yourself beyond your limit and or don't let anyone push you past that. Yes. So I think it's, um, you have to have, you know, the right support and encouragement to to support you that you might be going a little bit slow at the beginning, but you'll make it in the end. And I believe everyone makes it when they go mm-hmm. slow and get it fast, you know, so. And I think too, Carlos, it's a sign of yourself. You know, you're considering the individuality of the horse, considering the rider's individuality and teaching them accordingly. So that's experience itself, isn't it? You know, that's experience for you as a trainer to be able to do that. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, and I always said I read one of my Facebook posts I put a little while ago, and I said knowledge is for sharing, you know, and I think I might mm. have discussed it with you too in the past. But yep. so I guess you know the knowledge that you bring to a student or someone at a clinic is that you've been there, you have many many years of experience that you can share. So they, in a way, while they can't be the experience, yes, you you giving them a little bit of a shortcut. It's in a good shortcut though, because you actually say, "Well, look, this is a mistake that I make mm. made in the past. Yep. Yep. I don't want you to make them." So. So you're sharing that information so they can have a, like a, a little bit of a fast track of understanding, but yes. not necessarily say that that's going to get you quick mm-hmm. to achieve what you want to achieve, you know. So it goes back, like I said, they're tying up the whole thing together with that patience that we talked about earlier as well, where, you know, if you give yourself, say, well, I'm patient, um, I'm developing my knowledge, I'll get there on my own time, that's, in essence, it's going slow to get the fast. So, yep. And the horse would always give you a lot more than what you expect. I always call it bonus. You know, mm-hmm. you, you go slow with the horse because you think, well, he can only do this much at this stage. And then as the sessions come about, the horse is then surprised you by giving you a lot more than you thought he could give. And mm-hmm. as a result of the given nature of the horse by going, you know, I know you just go with me and then I'm, I'm going to offer you a little bit more. So. Yeah. Tell us about good impressions and how important they are. Well, you know, the old saying goes, you only have one chance to make a good impression, yeah? Yep, first, yep. first impression. Yes, so, yes. so I'd say make sure that it's a good one. So, yeah, good impressions is what's pretty much is going to set you to to succeed on your training 
or you have a lot of roadblocks in your training, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like I said, if, if to me, I always said if you try with good intentions and you fail momentarily, right? And we talked mm-hmm. about in the, in the last podcast about failure is fatal. So, if you fail momentarily, you know, you, you will try again, and that's good. But if you make if you make a sort of a bad first impression you would need to try a lot harder every time to make amends kind of mm-hmm. thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and every, you know, every time you approach a horse, every time you walk towards a horse in the pasture or a paddock, you, you're, the horse is watching already, already watching you and sort of, it's, it's going to know whether you're going to make a good impression or a bad impression, you know? Okay. So, yeah. um, so I said, be aware of that, um, that every time we approach a horse, we, we're leaving an impression, you know? So whether it's a good or, or not so good one, um, it's, it's to do how we present ourselves to the horse. Okay. Okay. Now I know within the training you've talked about asking the right questions. So asking the right questions, and we're talking about ten tips towards good horsemanship. So just tell us the relationship between those two. Well, asking the right question is, you know, before you ask, you know, you know, before you ask the horse, say uh, whether we're doing groundwork or on the saddle work. So oh. I say to you, well, do you, you know? Do you know what you're going to ask the horse and the response you want the horse to give you? So they say, well, for example, I just, I would say you should ride a horse with a stitching in your pants, you know, and I shouldn't be kicking and stuff like that. So if I, if you put a slight, say, calf pressure on the horse and you, you know, that's what you're looking for and you want the horse to move forward, be clear exactly how you're going to present it and what you're looking for the horse. And if it doesn't happen, you repeat it again. So the asking the right questions is sometimes, you know, people might get a little bit in a hurry to, ask something of the horse and instead of asking it becomes like a demand to the horse and then the horse will give you the opposite you know so the horse might be reactive instead of responsive and that's a result of saying well and then you know if I see that in a lesson I would say is that what you're looking for because then I look at the horse sort of react instead of responding and I say is that what you were looking for a reaction and they go no I wanted it to respond and I go well that's a good example of you just asking him the wrong question Mm -hmm. you just Mm -hmm. kicked him instead of squeezing him you kicked him he reacted so he gave you a reaction based on what you've done. So then I said, well, we do that again. This time, ask him, ask the right question, which is this. In this case, you explain whichever you're, you know, you're working with a horse, and then the horse will give you a response to become not reactive. And then we say, well, well then we know that we're asking the right things of the horse. So. Okay. Okay. And don't be afraid to ask and ask and ask again, you know. Mm-hmm. Because when we keep asking, we worry ourselves, though, about making mistakes. So should we worry about and fear the mistakes or not? Or tell us about what happens if we start making mistakes or um, what we should do from there. I think, yeah, it's a, you know, and that's one of the tips, you know, that we were discussing. And so I think if you – one thing is asking the horse – when the horse gives you a good response – um, response to, to a question, the right question, then we move on and we might repeat it a couple of times to make sure we sort of make that solid. But it's very common, yeah, to have a fear of making a mistake. But I think if you fear making a mistake, then um, you will, I, I think you rob yourself and the horse mm-hmm. to attempt again and again. So, yeah, I would say do not fear, you know, to, 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 to make mistakes because you will make it. We're humans, you know, and the horse will make mistakes as well. Uh, and, and providing that the mistakes that we're making are not deliberate, you know, it's different if you're saying, I know that I'm going to make a mistake, so I'm going to ask him anyway, well, that would be silly. So, But do not be a, a sort of uh, fearful of making mistakes because that's how you're going to learn. Okay. And I think, if, and if, I think if you take that 
sort of uh, mentality to say, I'm afraid of asking the horse to do something because I will make a mistake. Then just by yourself self-talking with sort of that question sort of thing, you'll be going, you know you're going to make a mistake. So the thing will be say, well, how do I present it so I don't make mistakes? But if you think from your bottom of your heart, you're asking the right thing and it becomes a mistake, it's not a big deal. You know, you try it again. The horse is quite forgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, I, I said, yes. don't make don't make deliberate mistakes, you know. Uh, but also the most important thing, I think, Glenn, is also to ensure that when the horse makes a mistake, that you're just fair and you're just as equally accepting of that. Okay. Because the, because the horse will make him as well. Yes. You know, you might yes. say, I'm going to the right, and you give him, you know, a rein on the leg aid, and the horse might go left momentarily, and then instead of pulling on the rein and getting mad, mm-hmm. uh, you go, well, hang on, you just make a genuine mistake. And I, mm-hmm. I allow that in my training with the horses, especially the young ones, you know, yes. starting horses on the saddle. Yep. Because they, they don't know, you're changing the life, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And I know how much you prioritise safety. You know, I mean, International Horse College, who's the sponsor of Horse Chats, prioritises horse welfare and safety, and I know how important they are to you. So talk to us about prioritising safety within the training. So prioritising safety, you know, like I always say, it doesn't matter what you were doing with the horse. Any interaction you have with that horse, you know, safety should be your number one priority. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. And, and I always say there's no compromise in safety. You know, there's an old saying even in the workforce, you know, people say there's no compromise on safety. You know, you go places, you know, you go to a factory or you visit someone, they have a yellow line and they say, do not cross the line. Yeah. The minute you cross that line, probably someone's going to yell at you, you know, and go, you know, do not, we don't compromise on safety. So mm-hmm. with the horse, um, compromises in safety is do not put your training goals above this, your safety. Yep. You know, look, look at your environment. Look at the tack that you that you use. You know, your riding gear, your what you're positioning yourself. I mean, I've seen people um, put themselves in difficult situations. You know, where they was already tied up, tied up. You know, mm-hmm. uh, on a tree between a fence, and you know, something that is not going to work out. So you just be aware of, of that safety. Now, prioritizing safety means um, that if you are working your horse, you're schooling that horse, and you're focusing on one exercise or something you want the horse to understand, however, becomes a safety-related issue that you should not even focus for a second on your exercise. I always tell people at clinics, forget the exercise mm-hmm. when safety is compromised. So in other words, if you're asking the horse to do something and you feel that your safety might be compromised, but most important, the safety of the horse as well, you should stop, rectify the situation you're in to make sure that it's safe, and then you can continue with your horse training. So I go, forget my training when it comes to safety. Safety is first, and then I can continue with my training. So if I feel the safety is jeopardized for the horse and the welfare of the horse and your own welfare, mm-hmm. focus on that first and then continue with your training. So I'll explain a little bit what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a particularly good note to finish off on is that whole safety. And we talk about 10 tips towards good horsemanship. I think you've certainly covered quite a lot there. Now, Carlos, if people would like to get in contact with you, they can go to horsechats.com and just search for Carlos. But have you got your contact details there handy just in case they, um, you know, they're ready to go now? Yes. Sure. I mean, I know it's hard to pronounce my surname or even spell it for some people. <laughs> so so that's, that's why we have the search option on Horse Chats. We've got a search that's option right. there. They can just go Carlos, C-A-R-L-O-S. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. But also what they um Blends all they can do is I uh, go to my website which is uh whisperingacres.com. Yes. And I've got training videos online as well. Mm-hmm. Also they can go to my Facebook page, which is Carlos Taberna Berry Horsemanship and, and like you said, they can go to your website as well and do a search through yeah, there. Yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure I'm not that too hard to find anyway. Sure. Yep. Carlos, thank you again for your chat, for your time. Um, we're looking forward. I mean, every time you come on, you've just got lots and lots of information. And I think you're really going, you know, you talk about knowledge is for sharing and you're certainly sharing your knowledge with us and we appreciate that. So thank you and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope, um, yeah, knowledge is for sharing that your listeners can get, even if they get one tip out of a conversation today, that... Um, it makes things easier for them and for the horse. I'm, I'm happy to do that. So thanks for having me. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, guys. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 